Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here and welcome to my show, Me the Science Podcast. Now this week, it's a subject very close to my heart. They they all are. I try to pick topics that I have a big interest in, often from my own research, as anybody who listens regularly will know. But this is very close to my heart after my research. It's my next favourite thing, music. Love music, love playing the guitar and singing and all kinds of things. My big hobby, great release from the day job. And as I've often told you all this thing, try to kick back occasionally and do something you enjoy. Uh, and I enjoy music. I listen to it. I just love it. You know, I play it. And this is actually the science of inspiration behind music. That's the topic. Sounds a bit specific, but there you go. And what I'm going to tell you all about now is great examples of people who woke up in the morning and had the song, the brand new song, and they could write it down and record it. And um, it sounds a bit unlikely, doesn't it? But again, this thing I've been reading says there's evidence behind this. And if you want to be a great songwriter, or if you are a songwriter, go to bed and you might dream up the song and wake up in the morning and then there will be kind of formed. And now, the kickoff is Paul Simon. Hello, Paul Simon. Hope you've heard of him. He was in Simon and Garfunkel, one of my favorite bands. He had a great solo career. Graceland, one of the best albums ever, in my opinion. I'd also write Bridge Over Troubled Water as one of the greatest albums ever written. That's Paul Simon. His latest album is called Seven Sams, and he says it all came to him in a dream. Now, he had stopped touring in 2018, and of course, all his fans wondered, is that the end of Paul Simon? He, he got sick of touring, he said, actually. All the schlepping around and time away from his family was getting to him. Now, he'd been doing it for decades, so it took him a long time to figure that one out. But people thought, oh, he's retired but now his new album and now he said it was all of it it was during the pandemic actually in January 2019 it begins he woke up with these songs and more and more of them came and he said all the songs came to him in a dream and they've asked him when I read the interview with them he said he wasn't surprised he said often the creative process can be like that and in the article they write about how if you're a songwriter you're working all day on a song and you're trying to figure out the chorus or write the middle eight, which is a feature of many Beatles songs, and nothing's happening, and you're all frustrated. And you go home, you have your dinner, whatever, you go to bed, and then it all comes to you when you're asleep, right? And then you wake up with the bit you were looking for all day, which might be a good hook or a good melody or whatever it is. So it's been it's been described by a few different people, actually, this. But Paul Simon himself said the dreaming part helped him hugely. So if you, if you get... So I haven't heard the album, mind you, yet. But if you get the album, Seven Psalms, a lot of those songs came to him in a dream. Now, the question is, is he the only one? Well, no, he's not. And I'm now going to give you a few more examples. Barry Gibb, who was in the Bee Gees, he said... Lots of his songs came to him in dreams. Now, when I was like 15, um, Saturday Night Fever came out, and I hated it, actually. I was a bit of a punk. I hated disco. I love it now, though, mind you. But all that, some of those songs came to Barry in a dream. He woke up, and he, and he said that um, he'd wake up in the morning after a reasonable night's sleep, and he'd have the, a melody, you know, and he'd, he'd record it. And if he didn't have a tape recorder beside his bed, he kept a tape recorder beside his bed in those days. There were things called tape recorders. He'd forget it quite quickly, or he'd write it down and practice it and try to remember it, you know. And some of the songs came in a dream. Second example, Christine McVie. Now, she was in a band called Fleetwood Mac, and there's a famous song she wrote called Songbird, one of my favourite songs, great album, Rumours. And again, she woke up with it. And she said it was tricky because she had no tape recorder. And she had to learn it. So she stayed awake and went over and over and over it because she'd noticed in the past that she'd often forget it, you know. So there's constant uh, playing it out and she remembered. The next example is Keith Richard of the Rolling Stones fame. He was at a gig, a fight broke out at the gig. And then he said to himself, oh God, this is bad. The gig ends, he goes to bed, 
Guess what he dreams? Satisfaction. The opening riff of Satisfaction, which we all love, you know. That came to Keith in a dream. It's pretty useful, you know. Now, that's one of the most successful songs ever. Worth millions, came to him in a dream. And then my own favourite, Paul McCartney. Now, this, this is well known if you're a Beatles fan. He woke up one morning, guess what he had? Yesterday, that most famous of Beatles songs. He said he woke up, it was pre-formed. So he woke up early one morning and he had the whole song, the opening, the middle, all that kind of thing. There was yesterday. And he was overjoyed by this. He himself thought, like an angel visited him during the night and gave him the melody, you know. But anyway, yesterday was written in a dream. Now, what is going on here? It all sounds a bit flaky if you're a scientist, doesn't it? But the truth is, lots of examples of dreams, songs coming from dreaming. Now, they think it's to do with a thing called hypnagogia. There's a big word for you. Hypnagogia. What's hypnagogia? It's the brain between when you're awake and you begin to fall asleep. That sort of dozing, you might call it. They reckon that's when it's going on. And these people, they haven't been asleep all night. They've woken up often in the middle of the night at the end of this phase of sleep called hypnagogia. And that's when the song is formed. So it's almost as if you're relaxing, you're dozing, you're clearing out some of the thoughts in your subconscious mind. And now the melody emerges. And I think I've got a way to describe this, like a mental smoothie. There's no way to put it. Things are mixing around your brain all through the day. All these thoughts are tumbling and all the rest of it. You're being distracted. As you begin to doze, you sort out. It's like a filing system, I suppose, as you're falling asleep. And the filing system says, write a song. So you've been trying all day to write the song, and now the melody begins to emerge. So it's, it's a complicated thing. But certainly it seems to be in that semi-dream-like state that the melody begins to emerge. Clearly what songwriting is, though, remember, is you've got loads of melodies in your brain. Since you've been a child, you've been listening to music, and it goes into your brain. And all you're doing is rearranging the notes at one level and the rhythms. There's only a certain number of notes you can combine anyway, you know. And it's this rearrangement process that's happening and the rhythms become clear. Of course, the problem is plagiarism, isn't it? I mean, not loads of examples of people being accused of that. But still, if, if it's unique enough, I suppose, and the rearrangement gives you a unique combination of chords and words and melody, then you know you're onto something and that's the overall idea. McCartney said, actually, that when he wrote yesterday, he assumed it was an old standard. It was so familiar to him. He thought, did I hear that as a kid? I mean, my dad used to play an old show tune and I just sort of read, you know, come across it in my brain, my memory. And then he went into the studio and he played it and he said, surely someone else had written this. And no, it was totally unique. So again, it just shows, doesn't it? This notion of, of originality, I guess, is what we're talking about. And then the other one to mention is, by the way, Beethoven. He also said he was often inspired for his melodies as he was beginning to fall asleep. So again, no less a composer than Beethoven has, has reported the same thing. And then the last bit of kind of science. Now, the truth is, I must admit, there isn't too much science behind this, except for the fact that many composers say it's happened to them, so it's real. Carl Jung, the famous psychoanalyst, he wrote about music, and he said music is coming from a collective unconsciousness. Now, what he meant by that was, as a species, we seem to have this collective unconscious mind, and somehow we're tapping into that collective. Because when McCartney or Christine McVie plays the song, we all love it almost immediately. It's almost as if those melodies are in all our minds. We have a collective unconscious mind that we've all picked up, at least in certain cultures. Now, obviously, if you're in a different musical culture, it might be different. But if you're in the Western civilization, you've listened to classical music, opera, pop, rock, all that kind of thing, we've all got the same starting point of music in our brains. But one of us, in this case, Christine McVie, say manages, when she's kind of falling asleep, to put, put it together in a, in a new way and now composes this new melody and this new beat, tapping into the unconscious mind that we all have. And that's why we all love it when we hear it. So that was an idea that Carl Jung had. Now, interestingly, 
He debated this with no less a person than Sigmund Freud. And guess what? Freud disagreed with him. He didn't believe in this collective unconscious, it seems. And they fell out over this, as they did over many things. So, so who knows who's right? I don't know. I mean, the, the evidence for the unconscious mind is sketchy at best scientifically. It probably is there. But what is it? How does it work? But still, it seems to be to do with the unconscious mind bubbling to the surface as you're falling asleep and then you somehow access that unconscious aspect of your mind and this allows you to compose a new piece of music and all these different composers have said the same thing so the bottom line from this one is if you want to write a song or if you want to write do something creative keep a pen by your bed you know when you wake up from this dozing state that's when you might be inspired and if you are a songwriter get your iPhone obviously we don't need tape recorders anymore you can have your iPhone and sing into it and play the melody and there the thing will be retained and that, as I said earlier that's important because you will forget it very quickly often people fall back asleep and then it's gone so it's very transient you know but still, if you, if you record it, you know, then you might actually retain it and then record it later. Now, the very last thing I want to tell you, let's bring it back into science again. There are examples of scientists trying to solve a problem and it comes to them in a dream. One really good example is a chemist called Kekule. He was working on a thing called benzene. He realized that benzene was a circular structure. So it was all these carbons in a ring. And he was the first person to say carbons can form these ring-like structures. He says it came to him in a dream. He was on a bus, actually, in London, and it came to him in a dream. So again, scientists can be inspired from their dreams. And he was working on that for a few days, and then a solution came to him in a dream. So it can be any problem. Problem solving can happen. And then that gives us, finally, the last thing. Remember, if you want to solve a problem, sleep on it, because your mind clears up. The key issues come to the surface and then you can figure out what to do. So that's another thing to remember about the sleep process. But overall, our topic now is the science of inspiration coming from that dreamlike state. You can't beat music, can you? And where it comes from. So as ever, thanks very much for listening. And my podcast is a News Talk production and it's available for download every Thursday.